Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 213, How to Live a Soul-Led Life with Rebecca Campbell. So Rebecca is a writer, mystic, devotional creative, and visionary who leads activating workshops internationally, giving people an experience of their soul. She's also the best-selling author of numerous books and oracle decks, including Light is the New Black, Work Your Light Oracle, and the creator of the Rise Sister Rise membership. She also has a new book called Letters to a Starseed. Her books and oracle decks have been translated into 18 different languages and can be found in all corners of the globe. Over the years, Rebecca has become a friend to me, and she's someone I admire greatly. And I think the conversation that we're about to have is something that many people need to hear. She talks about how to move forward following your desires, even when it feels scary, how to call in all of your soul and who you really are in order to achieve your purpose and get into alignment. And we talk a bit about her journey from someone who had a thriving career as a creative director to leaving all that behind writing her first book and really creating a personal brand. So if you're interested in doing any of that or just want to know more about living a soul-led life, this is for you. Let's dive in. This episode was sponsored by our Seven Figure Framework Workshop. This workshop is a live workshop happening June 21st to 25th, designed to support you in knowing exactly how to scale your online business. I know that you are sick of working harder to reach your revenue goals. You're experiencing fear and anxiety when you think about the next level. Maybe you don't have the systems or processes or SOPs in place, and all of it is in your head. Maybe you're worried about hiring or training a team and stepping into a leadership role. Maybe you wonder if you really have what it takes to grow a business and you're worried about taking on more clients and spending more time in order to go to the next level. You want something that is simple and trust me, you should be able to scale your business, increase your impact and grow your team. You deserve that. And for that reason, we've created this incredible live workshop to walk you through our seven-figure framework. We're specifically diving into my signature cash method, which has helped me go from $442 all the way up to seven figures in my first 18 months in business and stay at the million-dollar mark ever since then. 
So over these five days, we're going to cover a ton of information that will support you in creating a scalable strategy for your company. It's going to support you in putting in place that cash method in your business. It's going to help you figure out who to hire and when. It's going to support you in creating a millionaire mindset. And it's all done within the confines of an incredible Facebook group full of high level business owners designed to support you, to lift you up, to show you what's possible, and to keep you moving forward. So if you're ready to get into massive action, definitely check out the link in our show notes to our seven-figure framework workshop. Or you can go to iheartmylife.com slash 7FF. That's number 7FF and sign up today. You're going to want to attend live. All the trainings are happening in the Facebook group. We'll even be taking your questions. And guess what? You get your own personal high-performance accountability coach to support you along the way. So let's do it. Go to iheartmylife.com slash 7FF. I'll see you there. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. I'm so excited to have you here today and to talk all about your new book as well as your incredible work in the world. Oh, thanks, Emily. It's so nice to be connected. And I know that you're, we're on the same continent again now, which is nice. (laughs) I know time zones are not a problem at the moment. So that's Mm -hmm. good. So I wanted to have you on. I've actually wanted to have you on for a while because you're someone who's been really influential to me. And I love the work that you do. I love, you know, all of your books, all of it. And I know that my audience, there's a lot of fans in the audience as well. So we're excited to have you here just to feel your energy because you're always such a calming presence. I feel like you always bring so much just beauty to conversations. So I know that we're going to have a really just moving experience here together. Thanks, Emily. I'm looking forward to it. So can you take us back and share a little bit about the story behind what you've created and the business that you run today? For sure. Yeah, I think like I'm sure a lot of people listening since I was really young, I just had this... um, I call it now the call of the soul, um, but I didn't call it that at that time. It was just this kind of feeling that um, there was something I came here to do and I needed to find it. And to be honest, when I was younger, it just stressed me out so much. Um, And yeah, as a creative, multi-passionate type of person, um, yeah, when I was younger, I was just desperately trying to find the thing, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I went into a career as a creative director and copywriter and creative. And, and I knew, like, I grew up in Australia, moving over to the UK, to London. It felt like the, like, one of the, like, centers of the world. I knew that, that, that I really wanted to see the world and, and put creations out in the world. But I wasn't quite sure how (laughs) and yeah and so i went into quite a traditional career trajectory like a lot of us um uh, i always had a really strong work ethic um but when i look back at my childhood and and um particularly teenage years what i didn't realize then was it was actually and i really believe this it's like our weirdness it's the things that we're weirdly obsessed with that actually um are revealing this kind of golden path for us and it's it's really i call it like living the soul-led life the soul's 
calling us in that direction. And so if I, you know, with hindsight, when I look back at, at, at that soul led path, um, for me, it was, I was always just like so passionate about learning about the soul and the journey of the soul and, and really the great mysteries of life. Um, I couldn't get enough of them, but when I was younger, um, I just couldn't see it as a legitimate path for me. I thought I had to go and do the job and the career and all of that. Um, and so it wasn't until I'd, I'd moved over to, I'd been in London for, mm, I think seven years, um, that, you know, that, that life that I'd very, very consciously created, um, I'd chosen it all. It just little by little, I started admitting and surrendering to the fact that, oh gosh, it's not what I'm here for. It's like, I can't imagine myself continuing to do this. And that was really challenging for me because I'd been such a hard worker. Um, and my mom had like instilled in me, you know, you just work hard. No one can work harder than you. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a big thing for me to actually admit it. And I remember really wrestling with this, this thought that, oh my gosh, all of these hours and years that I've put into this, life that I've created, it's not right. It's not the one I'm meant to be living. And so that was just such a big deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of other people listening, uh, you may be in it now, or you've, you've felt it in a way. But when I look back, um, you know, since I was really young, I've always studied the mystical arts and the journey of the soul intuition, but I just did it as a passion. And all of a sudden I kind of woke up one morning and was like, whoa, I'm actually more qualified in my passion than my career. Um, and so that really is the thing that kind of like, I, I finally gathered the courage to, to, to go and do it. And, um, yeah, I used, um, my background as a writer, as the vehicle. Um, for me, I, I felt like I really needed like a, an elevator pitch to be able to, so it didn't feel like I was just like creating a whole new career, a whole new life. Um, and so I remember speaking to my old bosses and you know when i was kind of making the the leap and i just said yeah i've just always had this dream to write a book um and i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna take six months off to do it now i knew that i was changing careers completely but it just felt a little bit easier to do D did you do something similar yeah, I mean, my story is a little bit different. I didn't write the book until a few years in, um, but I did move to London and I got a master's in nonfiction writing. And that was <laughs> kind of like my um, limbo place before I discovered coaching. Cause just like you, I'd always mm. wanted to write a book. Mm. Um, it wasn't like the book. It was actually a book on my experience of online dating and it has never <laughs> been published. Maybe someday it will be, but yeah, <laughs> mine's a little bit different to that, but I love, I love your story. Mm. And I'm curious to know a little bit more about that moment where you realized or series of moments that you weren't in the right you know, career and, and you couldn't envision doing this. Did mm. that clarity manifest itself as unhappiness? Like, is that what you felt or lack of satisfaction? Mm. Yeah, I think that had been creeping in for a little while, but I wasn't really because I, I'd in my in my mind, I was like, well, sometimes you just got to work hard. So I didn't let that kind of come in too strongly. Do you know, I was just like, well, I'm just extra stressed now or, you know, 
where it it the shift really came was um, at the time I went through a series of losses, like um, my best friend passed away and two others actually, and then my relationship ended. And it was as if through that, because through the grief of that, um, I was no longer able to show up in that way. Like I definitely had a pattern of going into overdrive, you know, um, which is not to say it, it's not like I was showing up inauthentically. It was just, I really believed that, you know, well, you just, sometimes you just got to suck it up and push through and, you know, it will be, it will get right. you there in the end. Um, and I think it was because of that kind of cracking open, I just didn't have, my ego didn't have the strength to, to, or my mind even didn't have the strength anymore to just, you know, suck it up, right. <laughs> which is a, a real blessing. Oh my gosh. Thank God. Thank God. If I look back and I'm like, if I had have kept going like that, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's so interesting because I do think there's times where we, there's going to be challenges and we have to keep mm. moving forward. But mm. you, I think you have to ask yourself is me going through this challenge and getting to the other side, is that in service of the vision? Is that in service right. of my truest desires? And yeah. if it's not, then it's, you know, it's pretty clear, like you're not on the right path, but it can be so scary to make that decision. And I think it's so interesting how you decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use the book and I'm going to be the writer and I'm going to mm -hmm. share that as the elevator pitch and then keep moving from there. And mm -hmm. so your bosses, did they give you six months off from your well, job? I, I said, I wanted to leave. I'd already okay. been doing, I'd gone from full-time to three days a week. Well, I went to quit saying that I wanted to write the book and they said, yeah. well, what have you did three days a week? And so I was like, oh, great. And I remember because I went from full time to then freelance because I said I wanted to freelance. I knew I could freelance. I ended up um, earning the same amount of money just because of the way the, you know, freelance versus full time employment goes for working the three days a week. So that felt like such a, uh, just a reward for, for, yeah. for following it. Um, and then, yeah, I did, I did leave, um, in order to write the book, but what I said to them, because there was, a, there was this part of me that was, because what I was going to do was so different. Um, not that too, I think creativity and intuition can come from the same place. And I was a creative director, but the world of like, media and advertising is very different from going to do like, you know, yeah, I was writing a book, but I was also doing like soul readings and yeah. workshops and circles and all of that. And I know it's a lot more normal now, but back then it wasn't. And yeah, the thought of kind of like, I, I was in such a massive spiritual closet, particularly with my career, like people kind of knew, but they didn't know to the, the degree. And so it, for me to just kind of like, and I think the big part of it is the visibility piece. So if I was just going and changing jobs, that's cool. But knowing that like I was going personal brand, so I, I had to put my face out there, my name out there, and I knew, oh my gosh, my clients will see me and all of that. So having that elevator pitch, like which was like the bridge was really helpful. And I think it was also helpful for, 
you know, people who loved me and cared about me and were like, but you've got this great career, you've worked so hard for it. You know, even like my parents have always been so supportive of me, but also they're like, are you sure? Are you sure you, and so it, it, it was like, it gave this, um, an, an easy way for me to, um, communicate. Um, cause I think Tangible. also when, when you're starting something new, you're, you're in this, this goes for like any life change, but also like a creative idea, right? You're, you're in the spring phase, the bud. Um, and at the moment, um, there's buds everywhere where I am. And it's easy to think, oh, the buds, they're bursting full of life and potential and all that. Yeah, that's true. But there's also, um, there's a fragileness to it. And I also knew that if I had of told everyone what I was really doing to the full degree, uh, I was not um, confident and strong enough in myself to receive yeah. their thoughts. <laughs> no, I get that. Totally. Yeah. We do a lot of mindset work with our clients and especially when they're doing that for the first time, you are very mm -hmm. fragile and you're very, mm -hmm. you know, you're swayed very easily. And so I think you have to decide number one, what you share with people and number two, who you share it with. Yeah. So I think that's so important. And so how did you go? Well, well, tell us the the journey of the book first and foremost. Did you write it in six months? What happened because of the book? I'd love to hear. So what I had, had done, and this had started like uh, about a year before, I'd asked myself, um, what, what lights you up? Like what lit me up? Because I knew that I wasn't feeling that and living in that way. Um, and the answer I got was flowers, um, which to be honest, when I first heard it, I was like, Oh, that's a bit silly. Come on. But anyway, I knew enough about trusting intuition by that stage to just go for it. And so I started buying myself a bunch of roses every week at the flower market, which is not something I'd done before. And, um, yeah, really seeing the, that's when I discovered the peony as well, which is my favorite flower. It's not technically a rose, but it's, um, oh, it's so beautiful. I know you love them too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, watching it just like open and open and open, it did something to my heart. And I began, um, really recognizing how important beauty is to me. And I'm not talking like cosmetic beauty. Um, I'm talking like, beauty, like natural beauty and creating beauty. Um, and so then I discovered Regent's Park Rose Garden, which, um, you know, I, not like you, not growing up in the UK, I didn't really understand parks um, as I, I do now. And gosh, they were so, it was so beautiful. And so I'd go there and walk every day and I'd do my meditation and I knew that I was going to be riding. And so I gave myself the, the um, challenge of, um, writing for like 10 minutes a day, like literally I have to write something. And I would really just either commune with nature or commune with my soul and just be like, what do I need to hear today? And that's where I really began developing a relationship with nature when it came to my writing. Um, and so I'd go there and sit down and I'd receive something. And, and if, I, if I was blocked, I'd go up to one of the flowers and look at it and be like, okay, what do you have for me today? And I'd write that down and I'd put on 
Instagram or wherever. Um, and then, so I'd quit the job and um, commit, and I had the pressure, I had the savings set aside for six months, not having to, you know, hustle with clients and that kind of thing. Like I had a baseline that I had to bring in, but I wasn't putting myself under pressure because it was the creative um, endpoint that I was after with the book. And so started like, again, walking in nature each day and writing. And um, I ended up, I had entered the Hay House Writers Workshop. Um, and so I did apply for that and I'd kind of forgotten about it. Um, and the way I saw that was like, um, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like a golden ticket. You know how there's the golden ticket in, yeah. And so I was like, well, someone in that room's gonna win it. Um, like I might as well just try. And I didn't, I didn't expect it to be me necessarily, but I, I did get to the point where I was like, no, I really deeply trust that my book has a path and this could be it, but it might not be it, but I trust it. And so the more I would show up um, every day, it'd be like, okay, all of a sudden I'm becoming a professional writer just because I'm showing up every day. And I remember, um, yeah, I got the phone call and said that I'd won it. And I'd, I'd pretty much almost written the book by that stage. And, um, oh, it was just such a huge moment for me. It was just, yeah, just such a, I remember exactly where I was in my London flat. And it was like, yes, it felt like that, like the pinpoint of like on the path, like, okay, it's happening now. This is what I felt um, calling me all of those years. And um, yeah, I remember the, the last, um, when I was, I was sitting in Regent's Park, um, this was back in probably like 2013. And I'd, I was sitting there with my laptop and I clicked file, save, and I'd finished the first book, put the laptop cover down and I looked up and I'm literally there amongst the roses where I'd written the whole thing from park bench to park bench to park bench. And I just began to weep because it was, it was literally how it all began really was answering that call of like surrounding myself with beauty. And, and for me that, that turned into that. And I think, it's such an important point when it comes to, I guess, manifestation, but also creativity in particular, but also living an intuitive life. It's pointless if we just receive the ideas and talk about the ideas um, or the hunches or whatever they are. Um, we got to turn them into action. We got to show up every day with the baby step, the baby step, the baby step. And I think so often, when we are being called to create something in our life or in the world that we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do that. It's it's really easy to feel like, okay, I need the step-by-step -step plan before I take the first step. And so that was such a, that was such a, a deep and special moment for me. And it was like, oh, I got it now. I got it. <laughs> yeah. What a beautiful story. And I'm curious to know, did you just follow your instincts when it came to Regents Park, writing the book in the park? Or had you had another creative experience in a setting like that, that really mm. helped you get the words out? Oh, that's such a good question. So I think I, in the back of my mind, I had always, I'd clocked my my connection to nature when it came to the creative process um, or just 
No, it was a creative process. When I was, I was living in Sydney and, um, it was my first job out of university and my, my job literally was a creative. So I would work, uh, it would be a copywriter and an art director working together, coming up with ideas. Um, and I noticed that I, I was not very good at coming up with ideas when I was with other people. Um, I was really good coming up with ideas when I was like in an altered state as in walking in nature or I loved like being on the bus with like my headphones in. So kind of like tuning out to tune in. Um, even when I was at high school, I used to like get all these ideas on the, I, I traveled about an hour at high school, primary school. It was local, but it was, it was a commute to get, get into high school. And I, when I got my first Walkman or Disman and the Disman, I, um, I started getting all these ideas for like shows that we would put on at lunchtime or like the school dance. And we'd like dress up in these random costumes. And that was when I first like started like getting how I receive my creativity and it was always in isolation um, and in some kind of like altered state. So like watching the cars go by, you know, the world is a blur or merging with the ocean or whatever. So yeah, it's such a good question. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by that because I think, you know, so much of success is about awareness and also, mm. like you said, following those intuitive hits and, and having that level of trust with yourself and the way that, you know, you move through the world and what works for you. And I'm curious to know, how do you marry that with, like, say there are moments that are challenging or say, um, even, you know, if I give another example, if there's somebody who is working on being at the next level, maybe they don't naturally wake up early, but they know that that would really help them to reach their goals. Like, how do you marry some of the things that might not be natural to you, but you know, they'll help you with mm -hmm. making sure that you're staying true to yourself and how you move through the world? Mm, good question. Well, I think that, um, focus definitely helps. So, you know, like if there's a million things that we need to do when that maybe don't feel in alignment, I think it's just choosing the one thing that does. Um, and to recognize that sometimes, sometimes we feel resistance because it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we feel it because it's like actually courage is required. Um, yeah. So I think that, that, maybe if it is the the waking up in the morning thing it's like just just do it for a little bit like you know an extra 15 minutes to start with rather than you know having to get up at 4 a.m and write for three hours before the kids come up for example yeah that's a good point like you said it's that one like little step yeah. uh, so then i'm curious to know which book was that that you wrote in the park that first one was light is a new black. Okay. I was wondering, mm -hmm. amazing. <laughs> is that, I mean, I feel like obviously there are a lot of people who write books. Not everyone has the first one, like really take off in the way that you did. So <laughs> what came because of that book being out in the world? What happened next? Wow. Well, yeah, it did feel like, um, I had been doing a lot of kind of like groundwork, before so it wasn't like it just like it was a switch that turned on and it did feel like um and i've seen this happen to a lot of people before it's like when 
you know, we you have the call to 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 follow a particular path. And, you know, you can be like, oh, gosh, I've wasted all these years not doing it. And, you know, I should have started six months ago and I've missed my moment or whatever. But I don't think that is true. Like, I don't think it is ever too late. And I also think that 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 the, the path we walk, like nothing is ever wasted. And so I know that that the reason I was able to write that book was like I was working as a copywriter and a creative for so long. Um, and had I done it earlier i think that yeah a lot of like my my practice probably would have taken off a lot quicker but maybe maybe my writing style wouldn't have been as strong so i don't think that anything is ever wasted even if they think that it seems like they're polar opposite paths um and i think like a good example of that like just recently i i remember so i've become a mum. um my son's he's not two but over a year and a half and um i remember for so many years being i didn't i didn't really realize it but i was definitely scared to become a mum because i knew how important my 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 mission is and was and all of that and i was really afraid that it would like detract or, or stop me from doing that and now that it's happened, I'm like, oh my gosh, that could never be the case. It can, it could never be the case. Um, and maybe timing is a thing as well. But I think often we can, we can think that it's going to be, but really I've seen it happen time and time again. Um, that when we do step into the path that the soul is calling us towards, it's like all of the things that were part of the destiny life kind of like come into play and um i definitely still like like I, I really worked hard at getting the book out and my business and you know what it's like when you're beginning your business it's and particularly when you're working a different career and all of that it's a lot it's a lot and then we need to make space to not work so hard and all that kind of stuff it's such a juggle um but when i look at at this path that I'm, I'm working now um, in, in this, I guess you'd call it the second career, things have come easier, um, which is not to say that it's been easy, but compared to what I did before, energetically, it was a lot harder. Like I'd have to, you know, push myself through it. Yeah. And you think that's due to the alignment that you're in? And I think so. Yeah. I think so. And, but, you know, saying that, like, I know that um, when you are running a business, there's a lot that we're carrying that um, you don't carry when you're working full time. Um, so there's that part of it that I think is, um, can be more complex. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the, yeah, the alignment, um, I, yeah, I think, I think, it, it definitely, it's like there, there is, there is more, it's like the, um, the flower, it doesn't reach for the bee, it calls it towards it, you know? So I think there's a bit more of that happening. Um, yeah. Well, I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of coaches on this sort of stuff. And mm -hmm. one of my coaches described it really well in that there's a lot of energetics to success as well. And it's like, 
when you're out of alignment, people can feel that and they might not know what it is. They might not be able to name it, but something is off. And then when you're in alignment, there's like an an energetic cleanness to it. Mm -hmm. And you're able to be fully seen and people are more attracted and drawn to that. Even if they can't define it. And, um, you know, what you said, it totally resonates with me as well, because I, I think that there have been moments where, you know, in the, especially in the beginning, I was doing things because I thought I should. But mm. then when I started to trust myself, even recently, I realized that, you know, one of my major contributions to the world is helping people experience life to the fullest. And especially when it comes to luxury and, you know, creating a life better than their dreams. I love beautiful things as well. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, have done a lot of work around giving myself permission to be in the room or take the trip or whatever it is. And, you know, not everyone has that mindset. And when you start to really pay attention to your gifts and what you bring to the world, like that's where all of the the door is open and people get it and people are drawn to it. And it does come more easily than when you're trying to do something that's not authentic. So true. So let's talk a little bit about the new book, Letters to a Star Seed. So can you share a little bit about how that came to be? I know it's a, a few years, I think, in the making. I'd love to hear more about the book. And um, Yeah, for like sure. That. Like when, so when I wrote my first book, I, I got a vision of three books kind of together. Um, and so my second book, Rise, Sister Eyes, came after that. Um, and then I saw very clearly... Um, a third one called Letters to a Starseed. And um, I, I put together a proposal for it and I was pretty clear on what it, I, I knew what it was energetically. Um, I knew I'd be kind of like channeling to receive messages for me. That tends to be how I write. <laughs> and then I just share it with others. Um, and I saw the cover, it was like this opalescent. Um, and I was like, I've never, I, how do you do that on a cover? I've not seen that before. And, um, but nothing ended up happening of it. Like I ended up doing an Oracle deck after and then another one and then an, a different book came. So I moved to Glastonbury and I, I began really writing and I'm still writing this book um, on, it's like returning to the earth and how we are nature and part of nature, um, yeah. And um, yeah, and so I'd been writing that all through my pregnancy and um, uh, after the birth as well. And it was, it's, um, it was kind of, um, it's different writing to what I've written before. And I couldn't quite, like, I love the writing, but I couldn't quite kind of morph it into a shape. It was like not showing its shape yet. And then Hay House contacted me and asked me to write a book on star seeds and I said no because I'm doing this and then they asked me about like five times and like no no really we really really want you to and so I was like oh so in human design I'm a projector and so it's you got to wait for the wait for the invitation and I just kept on getting this invitation over and over again so I was like okay 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 I think I need to listen to this and so I got myself and all of my team to meditate on it and write down their answer as like whether or not 
um, and we all got a yes <laughs> to writing it. it. And so I, I paused this like wild beastie book, which is still formless at the moment and began writing it. And I wrote it in record time. Like it was like 10 weeks. I wrote that book, wow. which like, uh, that's not how I write. My process is way more wild and feminine than that. And um, I also don't write in a structured way. Um, uh, I know a lot of writers who do where it's like literally chapter, 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 chapter is not how I write at all. Um, but it came together and it been concepts and um, messages that I'd been living with for quite a while. So um, I, I, it's not like I, I, I didn't need to do, I mean, I had, we did do a lot of research on ancient origins and all of that um, for the book. Um, but the piece that wasn't there in um, like 2014, 15, when it first came in was this message of planting ourselves here and how it's like so important for us, um, particularly in a time of extreme division and polarity um to like keep our hearts open to to commit to each other our humanity ourselves and like really plant ourselves even more firmly here and to call like the soul fully here and present um so yeah so it was kind of um i think always there is a mystical weaving with the things that we create um but yeah it was it was the unexpected book that was predicted. <laughs> Love that. Can you share with the audience what is a star seed? Sure. So a star seed is essentially like a multifaceted being, which is another name for a soul. And someone who is a star seed is aware of that. So they're aware of the fact that that um, there is a part of them that existed before they took their first breath when they were a baby and that will continue on. Um, it's that part of them that has uh, potentially experienced places elsewhere than just here as well. Um, so yeah, Starseed really is someone who has woken up to the fact that, that there's more to life and, and the universe than just here. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you mentioned bringing forth your, your soul. How would you describe doing that? What does that look like? Well, I think that, um, at different points in our life, um, it's, whether it's through like experiencing like loss or trauma or, um, you know, anything like that. And, and I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced those things. Um, it's, it's kind of like a little part of us goes offline. Um, a little part of us is like, okay, I just, I need to just like push through this. I need to get through this. And that part of us, that spark within us kind of like dulls down a little bit. Um, it can be through like, loss or heartbreak or um you know bullying as a child like all different things um and so the idea is to really call that part of us you know you see little babies and they have this unique presence about them and they're completely different from the next um and so it's basically it's calling that spark back here yeah is that as simple as doing a journaling exercise and visualizing that soul coming back to you? Or is there a practice you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely, definitely do that. Um, another one is like being present in nature and like observing 
the multifaceted uniqueness of like every single flower and noticing that you know the cherry blossom it doesn't it doesn't try and come before the daffodil and the rose isn't trying to do the same with the with the passion flower and they just you know they don't open and close according to who's walking by they just are you know um so that's another another way of doing it um i think for me don't get me started but flowers i think are the biggest teacher there there is on this planet and um yeah they're just so they they, they show nature in its diversity you know um and we are like that i think that that each of us um you know, like there's a chapter in the book actually where it's like, find your flower, find the flower that most represents who you are in essence, you know? Um, and I think that you could find a flower that, that, that represents who you are. And you can also find a flower that maybe is, um, representing what is wanting to bloom in you mm-hmm. because we're, we're, we're ever changing, um, beings. We are not separate from nature. We literally are nature ourselves. And what nature shows us every single day is that it is, it is not stagnant. It is completely cyclic and so you know as we and i think this is a a great metaphor for when it comes to like creating um the life of our dreams that that just because we're not living the life of our dreams right now doesn't mean that it wasn't what we dreamt of before and um you know and that's different from like the goalposts constantly changing it's that we are changing and we're meant to change um and so yeah i think nature is just such a great teacher of that Mm. thank you so much so (laughs) grateful for your time today the final question we always ask our guests that I hurt my life is what is one way we can create a life that's better than our dreams? Oh, I think to be like a flower. <laughs> no one's yeah. ever said yeah. that and I'm obsessed with it. That's why I love that question. Everyone has a different answer. That's awesome. So where can people find you, Rebecca? Um, I'm on Instagram as Rebecca Campbell underscore author and my website's RebeccaCampbell.me. Thank you so much for your time. I'm grateful for this. Everyone needs to go and get the book or books. All of them are incredible. (laughs) And you have your Oracle decks. Anything else we should know about in your world? Oh, I'm actually, um, I'm running some retreats in Glastonbury um, this summer, which I'm excited about. And um, I'm beginning to work on a new Oracle on the rose. So I think you will like that, Emily. (laughs) Oh, amazing. And I love the story of how you manifested your house because there's like a big presence of roses, right? Oh, right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, we can't (laughs) wait to see what's next. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life show. That's hashtag I hurt my life show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. 
Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.